can stay in faith. You've got to begin to stay in faith and not waver. And when the enemy comes up, you say, no, nah, devil, this is what I agreed with as my pastor. I wrote it right here. Here's the scripture right here. You can't, I'm not, sickness is not going to be in my house. I tell you what, poverty's not going to be in my house. I wrote it right here. I'll show it to you. Let me open my Bible. Let me read it to you, bad devil. This is what it says. And stand and believe and agree on the word of God. Because God has great things in store for you in 2020. Turn over with me to Matthew chapter 18. And verse, I'm going to start with verse 18. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Somebody say whatsoever. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again. Everybody say again. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. This is the scripture that we are believing and standing God on. I would circle that or highlight that scripture in your Bible and write uh, that this is the prayer of agreement. Now, if you read on in Matthew chapter 18, you'll find that this passage is also has a bifold meaning. It also is dealing with church discipline and things in the church. And I do believe in that. I agree with what the Bible says. But it also has a bifold meaning, meaning that it has more than one meaning. Amen. How many of you ever heard a sermon before? Maybe you heard the sermon on the parable of the talents, and one time they're talking about this, the next time you hear it, it's talking about something totally different. Because there's a bifold meaning. And there is importance that we understand that this right here is the scripture that we are focused on and praying the prayer of agreement based on Matthew 18, 19. This morning, I want to kind of define prayer in the sense of there are many types of prayer, just like there are many types of sports. How many have ever heard somebody say, you know, well, prayer is prayer, isn't it? Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Well, that's just like saying sports is sports. But if you don't, but you can't run out on the football field playing basketball rules. That would be crazy, right? And so there are a lot of times that we go to pray a prayer that God has asked us to pray, but yet we're praying with, we're praying a football prayer with basketball rules. And we wonder why didn't the answer come? Why didn't what we prayed for come to pass? And so it goes on to say this for where two or three in verse 20. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And so it's important that we understand and learn that there are many different types of prayer. That there are many different types of things that God wants to give us and share with us so that we can have a deeper and a better understanding of prayer. Now, I have oftentimes wondered and thought about the, the, the thought of having you know sports to sports. And I've always kind of had an issue with the fact that most prayer, almost every prayer, uses also kind of the, what we would call the prayer of faith. If you read in the Bible in James chapter 5, it says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And so God gave me this word and said that faith is like the boundary lines in sports. How many know that sports, every sport has its rules. Tennis has its rules. Hockey has its rules, soccer has its rules, football has its rules, and basketball has its rules, but yet almost every sport, I couldn't really think of any sport that didn't have a boundary line that you could go out of bounds, right? 
And see, if you, faith is like that boundary line, that if you don't pray with faith, if you don't pray according to faith, then you're outside of the boundary and God can't bless you with what you're asking for. Because you've got to believe God and say, God, what is it that I'm believing for? God, how can I acquire what it is that you have for me? And how do you obtain anything from God? By faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about by faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Jacob. By faith, all these great men of God. But you ought to ask yourself, by faith. My name is Justin. By faith, Justin did what? What did you do this week? What did you do last year? What did you? What are you planning to do and, and expecting God to do this year by faith? Somebody say by faith. By faith. And so it's important that we have an understanding that, that we have to have faith in order to ask and believe God for it. The prayer to receive anything from God is a prayer of faith. I want you to write that down this morning. If you got your bulletin this morning, there's a note section on the back. If you don't have a bulletin, the ushers and greeters will be glad to give you one this morning. But by faith, the prayer to receive anything from God is a prayer of faith. And so why, you know, somebody, has anybody ever been there before and they said, well, pastor, I, I came and I agreed with so-and-so that this would happen. And I believe God, and I really agreed, and I really believed that this was going to happen, and yet that didn't come to pass. But if you really get down to it, and you really kind of push the issue, and you say, well, what do you believe? What did you stand on? What were you agreeing with? And then you come to find out that they really didn't believe it in the first place. That's why it didn't work. Because you don't try faith, you walk by faith. You do faith. You don't just speak it out. You don't just talk about it. You live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That means that you ought to live by the faith of God in your life and not by your sight, not by the things that you see. So it doesn't matter what the enemy may do. You can go and say, God, your word declares that by faith I agree and I believe. Because if not, then that means Jesus must have lied. If what you're believing for and if you truly believe that when you agreed that this is going to happen and you put your trust and faith in God, then that means that what you prayed for is going to happen. If not then that means that we need to go to God and say, God, I would have to come back to you and say, well, you know what? God's word isn't true. God, Jesus lied in Matthew 18, 19 and said, and said this, but that didn't happen. Let me give you an illustration, an example of this. Brother Hagen, a great man of God, he went to a meeting and it was around Christmas time and he used to stay about three weeks for each meeting. And he and his wife were praying and believing God for a certain amount of, of, of funds to come in at the end of the year because it was Christmas And he was believing to buy gifts for his family. He also had to pay bills, all those kind of things. But he was an evangelist. And so he was out at this other church. And this church came to him and said, well, Brother Hagen, we're going to have to take up the tithes and offerings for our church because we only pay our mortgage once a year because we have a lot of farmers. They were out in somewhere in Texas. And, uh, and so they, they would do this offering, and that's how they would pay their mortgage for the entire year. And he said, I'd have to take up your offering afterwards. He said, well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I believe the Lord wants me to stay here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach. I'm going to keep on doing what God asked me to do. 
He believes God, wrote a letter to his wife and said, on, at this time, on this day, because there's no, uh, there's no space in the spirit, she said, I want you to open your, I want, I want, he said, he wrote the letter, I want you to open your Bible and go to Matthew 18, 19, I want us to pray and believe for this to come through and this to happen, and that we're going to have this amount in the offering, so that way we can have a good Christmas and all those things. This is back in 1949, and, uh, and so he, they, they prayed, they agreed. So they had the service. He comes back. They didn't count it. And so the pastor came and said, Brother Hagan, how did the offering go? And he said, well, I don't know. They didn't give it to me yet. She said, oh, they didn't. They, they had like a Christmas program. It was the end of the year, all that kind of stuff. And he said, well, let me go grab it. He goes, brings it back over to the parsonage. They begin to count it. They put it in different piles. They, re- they counted it out. And all of a sudden, he was about $23 short, he said. Now, it was a great offering. It was close to what he was believing for, but it wasn't what he had agreed with his wife for. He, he, he said, well, uh, I agreed. My wife and I agreed it has to be here. I must need, I need to, we'll, we'll count it again. So he said, you take my pile, I'll take your pile, we'll recount again. He couldn't find it. And so, uh, and so Brother Hagin said, well, you know what? I've agreed. I've agreed with my wife. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go back to your church. I'm going to have to go back to all the other churches that I've been praying and, and, and speaking at and telling that God's word isn't true, that Jesus lied, Matthew 18, 19, wasn't, wasn't true because I didn't get what I was believing for. I'm telling you this because you ought to have a tenacity that when you ask and believe God for something and God gives you something, you got to hold on to it and don't let the devil steal it out of your life. And how many of you got a house in this place? How many of you got a car? Maybe you drove here in a car. If I went and printed off a piece of paper in my office today and wrote down and said, I'm supposed to take possession of your car and here's the letter and I go and I give somebody the letter and you know, this is not right, this is, but I'm giving you an illustration that I want you to see that if I, if somebody came to you and you had just paid off your car, you had paid all your payments, you had done all your stuff and you know that it's yours, how many of you would just lie down and say, well, here you go, here's the keys. Nobody, because in the natural, you sowed, you fought, you would take everything that you could to say, no, this is mine. And you would even go to say, hey, no, this is my, this is my title. My name is on this. This is my car. You can't have my car. But a lot of times what happens when we're believing God for something is the enemy comes and we begin to compromise and say, well, I guess this will do. I guess I, I guess that'll be good enough. I guess God, you know, I know God created the heavens and the earth, but he just can't do what I asked him to do. And so we end up letting go. But in the natural, if we had something, because the moment that my wife and I say we agree in Jesus name, that moment, I believe it's so in the spirit. And so you got to have that belief that what you prayed for, what you asked God for is going to come to pass. And so Brother Hagin, him and the pastor, they were, they were counting the money. They, they got down to the end, and, uh, and he said, uh, and so they began to count it again because Brother Hagin said, well, it's still not there. And then he said, wait, wait, wait a minute, Pastor. And he'd forgotten that he had a bookstore at that time, and a lady had bought a Bible at his bookstore. And she just wrote a check, I guess, and said, gave it to Brother Hagin and said, I put a little extra offering in there. And whenever she gave it back to him, he pulled that back out of his pocket, and it was $2 over what him and his wife had believed for and agreed for during that week. 
See, sometimes we've got to have a tenacity and have a, a walk about us that victory is ours. That we prayed the prayer that victory is ours regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it sounds like, regardless of what anybody else says. God's word says, if I pray and I agree, then I believe that what God's word said is, is true. And don't allow the enemy to come in and steal or take what God has rightfully given to you. Amen? And so there are some guidelines, some rules we could say to the prayer of agreement that just help us to get our prayers answered more readily. You know, if you've ever gone to God and said, God, why didn't my prayer come true? Why didn't this prayer happen? Why didn't this thing get answered? How many of you have ever taken the time to go to God and say, God, where did I miss it? I promise you, if you go to God and say, God, where did I miss it? God will show you in your heart and he will identify where you missed it. Because God's word is true, and God's word said that that his word is true. Let every man be a liar. God will make sure that you know, and God will reveal it to you. He said he'll reveal the secret things. God doesn't want us to walk in ignorance. God doesn't want us to walk without knowing what his word says. And so that's why he's given us this Bible. That's why he's given us his word so we can walk victorious in our lives. Amen? And so I don't know what it is that you're believing for this morning, but God does. And God will make sure that if you believe and you agree with God and his word today, then I promise you that what you pray for will come to pass. Amen? So some rules for agreement. Write these down this morning. Number one is it takes two to agree. We have to, it takes at least two to agree. The prayer of agreement takes two. I believe that the highest form of agreement could be between a husband and a wife. That on this earth, that God in the beginning established Adam and Eve as a husband and a wife. Amen. He created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And so God wants us to live and agree. And as we agree, now another way that you can agree, I believe another good person to agree with always is your pastor. That the Bible has a lot to say about the gift of the pastor and how important that that gift is in your life and you can pray and you can agree. But there's many times, there's been times in in my wife and I's life that we've just held hands and we would pray and agree and God would answer our prayer just by us getting in agreement. I don't know about you, but I found out that my life and my household is a whole lot better when my wife and I are in an agreement. That life is like heaven on earth when we're in agreement. But when we're not in agreement, it can be like the opposite. Number two, or and like Brother Foster, I believe last week he kind of iterated how it's not just you and I, but the Bible says this, a threefold cord is not easily broken. It takes, it's between you and your pastor and God. It's just like getting married. You didn't just marry somebody else, but before God and before his eyes, you're married in the spirit. God wants you whenever you pray and you agree that there are things that you need to believe God for and that that threefold cord is not easily broken. But it takes two to agree on earth. You've got to agree. The rules of agreement means that you can't, you know, you can't agree with, the, with an angel. You can't agree with the Holy Spirit. you got to agree with somebody on earth. Now, this is the prayer of agreement. Now, the prayer of faith, you can pray that and believe that at any time. Now, number two, it says it must line up, and this is important, and must line up and agree with the word of God. The second rule is that, write that down, that it must agree with God's word. It has to line up with God's word. 
You can't receive something that doesn't line up with God's word. In other words, you don't need to believe and, and ask God to believe for, like, Brother Bernie, he's got a nice truck. I like Brother Bernie's truck. But let's say I can't believe God for Brother Bernie's truck because that's Brother Bernie's truck. That's what God blessed Brother Bernie with. But if I really like Brother Bernie's truck and I want God to bless me, I can believe God for a truck just like Brother Bernie's. God can give me and bless me just like he blessed Brother Bernie, but I don't need to have what Brother Bernie has. Somebody that might be in here that may be looking for a spouse, you don't need to pray. You can't pray and believe God and see somebody up on the platform and say, oh, man, that person looks fine. I want to marry that person when they're already married. Because that's not lining up with the word of God. You can't ask somebody for somebody else's spouse. And so God can bless you. I would encourage you, too, that, that whenever you're believing God for a spouse or a girlfriend or something like that, you need or a boyfriend or whoever, you know, if you're a girl, you believe for a boyfriend, you know, you need to ask God and be specific about what you're believing for. Well, you know, God, I'm just so lonely and I just want somebody to be here. Well, you want somebody that's just going to come and sit on your couch and eat your food and you got to pay the bills and you got to go to work and you got to do all that. You better be specific. You better write down, God, I'm believing for a man of God that has a work ethic, that'll go out and do what God's word says, that will lead my family to know Jesus, that will get up and get a job and get off the couch. Well, God, I'm just so lonely. You better be specific. I have a buddy that I joke with him all the time over in Florence, and he, Pastor Steve's administrator now, Brother Roger, he comes over here every, every once in a while, and his, his, his believement card or agreement card we used to pick on was three pages long of what he was believing God for in a while. But God blessed him with it. Amen. He was specific. But that word right there, that word agree in the Greek is this word. It means it's the word symphonia, which is a compound word, which means the sum from the sum part means with or together. And the phonia is a form of the word meaning phone or meaning sound. Symphonia means to sound together. To sound together. It's a compound word that we get from the word symphony. God wants us that when we agree, that when you and your wife agree, that it's like a symphonia, that there's an agreement, and it's amazing how what you say is what you're going to have. That's why it's a sound symphonia. It's not just, but you believe it. I agree in Jesus' name. Now, I want to just tell you this, that if you don't pray according to God's word, the Bible tells us that you can pray amiss. About James chapter 4, if you got your Bible, go there quickly. But James chapter 4, write that down, verse 3, says this, You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend it on, on what you get on your own pleasures. James chapter 4, verse 3, when you ask... You do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. In other words, you know, I'll tell you something that I believe God for and I trusted God and I believe God. My parents used to ask me every year, Justin, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your birthday? I used to tell them a boat. I'd be 16. What do you want for your birthday? A boat. Well, they ain't going to buy me a boat, but I wanted a boat. But today, I'm telling you, this is how God works by faith, that sometimes even though you might not, you can believe God and you can trust God. But if I just wanted a boat and every time instead of me preaching, I'm out fishing on Sunday morning because I love to fish. But then well, why would God bless me with a boat if I'm going to go spend it on my own pleasures? 
to get me out of the things of God, to get me out of the will. No, God's not going to bless you. And so God blessed me supernaturally that I have a boat today. Amen. It's a little John boat, a little two-seater John boat. Go out, go fish and have a good time. But you know what? But God wants to give you the desires of your heart. There is nothing wrong with God blessing you. There is nothing wrong with you having a nice car and having nice hair and having nice things. Come on, I know these ladies that you, you like to have nice hair. How many go to the beauty parlor or wherever, whatever it's called today, the salon, or I don't know what year, what year that is, the beauty parlor, you know, yeah, and, or in nails and all these things. The barber says wig, amen. You spend all this time, all this money, but yet if you're at the beauty parlor when you should be at church, or if you take what rightfully belongs to God and say, well, God, you know, I know I was supposed to give my tithes on Sunday. But, you know, I just, I really wanted that, you know, that special color on my nails. I, or, you know, for guys, I really wanted that fishing pole, Lord. I really wanted to go see that movie. I just had to have that hamburger. It was, 10, it was midnight, and I just had to go by Taco Bell, Lord. I couldn't pass it by without pulling in there. Then you miss the opportunity that what God wanted to bless you with And so that's why I'm saying God wants you to be blessed. God doesn't mind giving you blessings. But what God does mind is when the blessings become more important than God. I said this a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. God does not mind you having things. He just minds things having you. Nothing in your life should be more important than God and pursuing the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. My wife and I are so blessed. It was kind of hard for us to come up with some of the things that we're believing for this year because we're so blessed. God has blessed us supernaturally, abundantly beyond what we could ask or think because I'm living according to the scripture. So don't ask amiss. Also, stir your faith and say, God, who is it that you want me to disciple this year? Who is it that you want me to believe so that someone uh, uh, gets saved this year? Who can I speak to today? Who can I speak to this week and share the love of Jesus Christ with somebody? God, how can I get someone baptized in the Holy Spirit this, week, this year? Who can I, how many people are you believing God and asking God, God, I want to help pursue you and the kingdom of God. And when you do that, I promise you, God will add to what is it is you're believing for. Let me just jump here for a second. Let me just give you a couple of examples of things my, my wife and I have prayed for over the years, just to kind of stir your faith and encourage you. One, pertaining to that particularly, back in, um, in 2014, I wrote down, because I got uh, years and years, and I mean, I write my agreement card. Where's my agreement card? It's right here in my pocket. My agreement card isn't just a card. I, I got a six-page contract in the sense of what I'm believing God for. That I'm standing on the word. I'm believing, God, this is what I'm believing for. These are my scriptures. I'm not just taking this lightly. I'm believing God because if I don't abide in the word and I don't have God's word on it, then how can I believe it's going to come to pass? But anyway, one of the things I believe for back in 2014, this is when my wife and I just got married. We got married in 2013. Our first year of marriage, our first agreement Sunday together, we wrote down number five. God, we're believing to be great youth leaders at FWC's youth group, that we would be able to know all the youth's names. Praise God. That, uh, that we would be able to, that to help know and understand God's word more regularly. That the youth group would grow, uh, grows in the eyes and the hearts of the youth in Florence. That we have the best, the biggest, the more giving and more on fire youth in Florence. In other words, we were believing to have the best youth group. That as the youth leaders, that we would be a part of that. And you know what? How God blessed us. 
We didn't know this, but when we came down to 2015, at the end of this month, well, I'll be celebrating five years going, on my, going into my fifth year of pastoring the church. I didn't know that God would do exceedingly abundantly beyond what I asked or think, and that I would have the opportunity to come over to Georgetown to pastor a church. All I was believing God for was a bigger youth group and to do the best thing that I could do in the youth group that, I would, that God had planted me in. But God placed me in a church in Georgetown, South Carolina, and said, Justin, I want you to be the pastor. Somebody say amen. amen. See, that's what I'm talking about. That you can't ask. I mean, there, and it can be simple things. I want, let me give you one of my simple ones. Back last year, this is something I was believing God for, and I was standing in faith for. And you would think that this is the most simplest thing in the world, but this is what I wrote in 2019. You want to know what I read for? I said, God, I'm, we're believing for, and I think it was like two point, my 2.5. I did 2.5, what I was believing for. I had 2.0, which was believing for healthy, wealthy, and whole in my family. But 2.5 was that Lexi poops in the potty. And then I wrote exclamation mark and no more ear infections. You know what? I can stand here today and tell you that in 2019, my daughter knows now how to poop in the potty, some on somebody, and she doesn't have any more ear infections. That there were times that when we would go to the doctor because, you know, I believe in living by faith. We believe in healing. I believe in all that. But I also believe that it's important. When I, when I go to the doctor and I take Lexi to the doctor, I say, Lexi, let's go believe for a good report. And we would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, well, she's fine. There. She's just, I don't know. She's just not feeling good. And she didn't have a single ear infection that I know of that I can recall in 2019. But I wrote it down and I believe God for it. See, I don't know what it is that you're believing for, but it can be something simple. You know, be specific. You got to ask. That's one of the things. Uh, 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 Number three is it must be on earth. Number four, it has to be something. It can't be just, you know, well, God, I'm just believing to grow closer with you this year. Well, how are you going to grow closer to God? God isn't going to answer that prayer because God has already given you the answer in his word. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw nigher to you. Why are you praying for God to be closer to you when he wants to be closer to you, but yet you never show up to church? Well, God, well, pastor, you know, I just want, I just want to have a closer relationship. I just want to grow. Pastor, I just want to grow. I just want to grow deeper in God. Okay, show up to prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. All right, show up to Wednesday night Bible study. Well, pastor, you know, I just, I just, my, you know, my, my so-and-so, they just got that homework on Wednesday nights. They just got that homework. I just can't make it. But you want to grow closer with God. God has already given his answer. He's already, you don't need to pray for something that God has already given his answer to. In other words, you also can't pray. You don't need to come up here and say, well, pray, God, Pastor, I'm believing and asking you to get the devil off my back. That, that I'm just believing, God, that the devil will just stop. Well, what do you want me to pray? That you're going to die? Because the Bible says that as long as we're on this earth, that the enemy, that it says this, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. That doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't attack, but that, but God can say that he said rebuke the devil. He'll rebuke the devil. He also says resist the devil and he'll flee. Well, pastor, I just can't get rid of that, that alcohol. I just can't get rid of that addiction. I just can't get rid of that. Bible says resist the devil and then he'll flee. You've got to do what his word says, and then he'll do his part. Amen? But be specific. Some of the things I was believing God for, 2017, we believe God for Joanna's new job. Let me tell you how we, what we believe for. I said jo- Joanna is highly favored to get the right job in the hospital that she feels comfortable in, that she will work with a great team of people that love her, and she's able to switch when needed. Amen? 
And when we and she will have a great schedule where she won't have to work on Sundays, Saturdays or Wednesdays and she will get paid at least a certain amount of per hour. I'm specific. Do you know what God blessed her with? Blessed her with a job. God will bless you beyond what you're believing for. It wasn't even at a hospital. It was at a at a dialysis clinic that God blessed her. But she's got a great team that love to work with her. And I tell you now, I mean, she can almost switch with almost anybody. And she doesn't ever have to work on Sundays. She's always off on Wednesday nights, amen, so that she could help minister to the kids. This is something we were believing God for. 2014. Let me give you. We were believing for a new house. We were believing. This is what I wrote down. You want to know what I wrote down? This is what I wrote down. 2014, we're believing for a house. This is when we had first gotten married, our first agreement Sunday, what we were believing for. We're believing for our house uh, that has a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage in a good neighborhood that won't get broken in or have sketchy people who live by on the waterfront, where I can go kayaking and fishing. Also have a nice backyard with a deck, all appliances. I wrote down stove, microwave, refrigerator, dishwasher, and good running order. To have a house that will increase in value and have a good mortgage to close to a, a certain amount per month. I said must-haves. Fenced-in, garage, fireplace, and around a certain amount of money at, uh, that I was believed for. I said extra, plus-plus. Two-story house with a washer and dryer, with a dock, with a pool in the backyard fenced-in section. I'm talking about first year of marriage. We were living over in Florence. This is when I was staff administrator over in Florence. I wasn't the pastor at the time. God blessed us with a house that was a two-story house, two-car garage. We had this stream that rode, that was down behind our back. Uh, uh, we had a deck in the back with a, um, with a stream that ran down the back of our house with a pool in the backyard. Supernaturally abundant beyond what we could ask or think. God blessed us with that, but I was specific. Not only that, but then I found out also, you know, that God, I thank God for the pool, but now I don't want a pool anymore. That was too much work. So now our next house, we didn't write down we wanted to pull in the back because that was too that was too much. That was too much cleaning out leaves. But anyway, um, so I'm just giving you an example. Uh, another thing we wrote down, we were believing God for in 2014. Financial prosperity and to be debt free from all bills or loans, especially college loans from Southeastern. See, when I got married, my wife was just so good. She didn't have any loans. But when I got married, she got married into my debt. And so she had to help me in our first year of marriage. And we were leaving God. But I can tell you today that by the end of our first year of marriage, we, we paid off all my student loans. But I wrote it down. I believe God. This is in 2014. I said this. I said, especially college loans from Southeastern and to stay debt free for the rest of our lives. I wrote down scriptures, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Talks about that your barns shall be filled with plenty. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. It goes on to say, and then I said, we are believing to pay off my Southeastern student loans and have funds left over to bless the church and bless others. That we are prosperous in, a, in our work environments. Joanna, and I get bonuses and raises in pay. I'm telling you, that's why it's important. I'm trying to get, I want to seed something in you that this isn't just something that, well, you know, because I've even had some people before they, that they would come to the church and they didn't even understand it. And they wouldn't even want to pray and agree with me at the end of the service because they just didn't believe. I'm telling you, if you don't believe, then it's not going to happen. If you don't trust God, then it's not going to happen. I wouldn't miss the opportunity to pray and agree and believe God with what God has for me for this year. I'm telling you that this year is the year of the open door. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. The last one, number five, the last thing that you need to do, the last rule or guideline that I wrote down is to humble yourself and to ask and stay in faith. 
Ask and stay in faith. You've got to begin to stay in faith and not waver. And when the enemy comes up, you say, no, nah, devil, this is what I agreed with with my pastor. I wrote it right here. Here's the scripture right here. You can't. I'm not. Sickness is not going to be in my house. I tell you what, poverty's not going to be in my house. I wrote it right here. I'll show it to you. Let me open my Bible. Let me read it to you, bad devil. This is what it says. And stand and believe and agree on the word of God. Because God has great things in store for you in 2020. I just wanted to stir your faith this morning to give you examples of in the natural. I'm telling you, everything we've written down has come to pass. God has answered our prayer. God will do it. If God will do it for me, God will do it for you. I tried to use examples that this is, you know, sometimes you hear pastors preach and you think, well, that, that God just does that because he's a pastor. No, this is before I was a pastor. This is before. This was years. I'm telling you that there are things today that God is going to do for your life, that this year is going to be the best year of your life if you truly believe it, if you truly stand on the word, if you truly agree. Let me read this last thing in 1 John chapter 5. It says this. I'm going to read the NLT this morning. It says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you know you have eternal life. That's talking to us, the saints, the believers in God. And we are confident that he hears us, and whenever we ask anything that pleases him, and since we know that he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he gives us what we ask for. Another translation, King James says, and when we pray according to his will, he hears us. That means praying according to the word of God. When we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions or the request that we have desired of him. I'm telling you this morning, write down, ask God and believe God that this year in 2020 is going to be the best year of your life in 2020. How many believe in for open doors in 2020? Amen. Let me get out my agreement card. I'm going to read number six to you this morning. Some things I want us to believe and agree for in 2020 as a church. Believe that this year is a year of the open door of God's blessings at FWC.